All right, we are live for the Friday edition of the Mike and Mario show. And as always, it's never a dull moment in this world of distractions, diversion tactics, debt, debt and bombs, you name it. But uh, as always, excited to connect. Looking forward to uh, having you guys chime in and share your thoughts on what you're keeping an eye on. And so let me close a window on my side. <laughs> I hear myself. But Mario, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Mike. And you? and i can hear myself so there's something wrong yeah, with that. okay but we're good now. we're good yeah. mm. all right so we're good to go now so as always welcome to the mike and mario show everybody excited to be back and as always definitely let us know where you're watching from and uh we'll definitely love to get some q a when we get to that portion but lots of things worth touching on and so of course uh, mario we have the u.s back at it again in the middle east never taking a day off always need more I guess destruction because destruction yeah. at this current moment keeps the system going. Cause if they were to have a moment of calm and peace, then uh, that wouldn't be good for the warmonger slash that enthusiast, you name it. But at this current moment, I guess, what are you keeping your eye on the most outside of that and whatever else? And then we'll get into some of these articles or whatever. Yeah. Just before, uh, I mean, yeah, the U S and the UK, uh, they're like supporting the uh, big uh, arm armaments companies. They're, they've just blown a, f a few hundred million dollars today, so that helps uh, some North Northrop Grunman and all the other ones. But what am I keeping an eye on? Uh, well, you know, there's so much uh, out there, but I, I think uh, uh, the underlying problem is the debt. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, we've seen I think Zero Hedge reported that the budget deficit was worse than expected in the U.S. You know, we've yeah. got like a over seven trillion dollars uh, maturing in old debt this uh, this year, plus the uh, probably a, around two trillion in, in deficits mm -hmm. that will have to be financed. That might even be more, seeing that the, this uh, deficit keeps rising. And yeah. uh, here in the UK as well, you know, uh, we just saw that the prime minister took a train to Ukraine today. <laughs> you know, instead of flying uh, to promise then uh, a few billion pounds more, you know, uh, <laughs> like we, you know, we can afford that. Right. Right. Oh, so the U.S. Uh, has been the same. You know, every every it seems like once a month, there's some type of aid, some type of aid package being sent out to Ukraine, whether it be military you know, ammunition directly or more funds. And so, you know, that was something that's been going on now for over a year. But now we have the extended crisis in the Middle East with the Israel-Gaza situation and all the events that's unfolding from that. And now we got the Yemenis, Houthi contagion, of course. That's how that's impacting the Red Sea. And I'm seeing articles about how that's going to slow things down and literally having to reroute all the international goods around Africa is going to slow things down. So we're going to have some supply chain issues coming in the near springtime and on top of that. So... Let's get into the debt situation, though. You hinted at a couple of the articles we're going to touch on here. So uh, you referred to the article from Zero Hedge. Uh, it says U.S. budget deficit soars by 50 percent in December as fiscal collapse under Biden accelerates. And so it just shows more interesting graphs here. But I think to go down to the very bottom here, let's us know the what's at stake here. So this is what we're facing right here. U.S. budget deficit is continuing to climb and there's no end in sight. And so it says here, as a final year mocking data point, the December budget of $129.4 billion was more than the $40 billion higher. That $8.75 billion median <laughs> estimate was more than 50% higher compared to the $85 billion December fiscal deficit in 2022. So um, everything's supposed to be some hunky-dory, according to the way they're trying to make it seem, but it's not. And so here's the other thing you mentioned as well. $7.6 trillion of U.S. government debt will mature the next year. And so at this current rate, with interest rates ultimately extremely high compared to the way the rates that that debt was taken out at what uh what will have to happen between now and that time so that this doesn't directly bring down i guess the entire debt market aka the banking sector and everything in between in your opinion uh well i think maybe um the fact that uh the economy seems to be slowing down might help it but at the same time if the economy slows down they're going to get less tax receipts mm, uh yeah. and the reason why i say it might help if the economy slows down it, it means that uh, investors are going to buy more treasuries and we've seen that in the last couple of days for example the two-year no yield dropped by like almost 50 basis points so that that makes you know financing this uh 
7.6 trillion, a little cheaper, but I, I think we're at such high levels, you know, uh, in, in yields, we're still above 4% in the two year and above 5% in, in all the maturities before that. There's going to be a problem. I, I don't know what can, you know, stop things from imploding. Maybe uh, Mar Martians uh, land and buy treasuries. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think. Or maybe the uh, the deep state uh, or, or, you know, the powers that be make peace with uh, everyone in the world and, and, you know, stop bombing other countries and uh, stop sanctioning other countries. And uh, that's the only way I see it. So the, I, I don't see a, a, a solution or maybe the Fed will have to step in and, and start mm. printing again. That, that's, right. the, uh, that's what I see. And that's what I was getting to or going to get to is the fact that I was lis listening to some commentary earlier. They were talking about how at this current moment, given all the things that's happening right now, how I think there's there's rate, some rate cuts that are highly favorable for pretty much every time the Fed meets this year, signaling the fact that they're intending on literally pivoting. And that pivot right there will probably ha help escalate this whole war situation as more debt is needed for that, as well as lower rates to help, uh, I guess, cover up some of the issues they're having with this um, this debt crisis as well. So basically the Fed stepping in, being the last, yeah. first the other and thing, last. <laughs> Go ahead. The other thing they could do with the Treasury and the Bureau of Labor Statistics and all the you know statistics <laughs> uh, sector is really manipulate the numbers lower, show like a, a negative, you know, come out with really bad jobs numbers, uh, tinker the CPI to to go near zero, and uh, basically say, "Oh, look, we need to, uh, you know, we need to uh, to cut rates." And uh, just, you know, they, they could resort to a lot of things. And with the crisis now seeming to escalate in the Middle East, with this uh, bombing of Yemen, mm -hmm. you could, uh, you know, we could be in a war, a serious war. And wars are always excuses to, it's always an excuse uh, to do something that you normally don't. You know, uh, I think it was right. Ram Emanuel who said, never let a crisis go to waste. Very true. And they will never do that. And so one thing I find interesting is the fact that at this current moment, you know, it looks like, you know, bombs are dropping. And typically when bombs drop, metals tend to respond but as of now, they haven't really responded the way that I guess a lot of people would assume or hope. So here we get just got some figures up here: two thousand forty-seven yeah. gold, twenty-three yeah. silver, favorable. But yeah. then again, they slammed it down a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, gold got up to two thousand sixty-two today, mm -hmm. so it's uh, you know it's coming off now. <laughs> That's usually the way with the with the the more along the U.S. market session we get, the more they they sell it. You know, the paper. It's always like that, um, but uh, it's still up uh, 16 bucks on the day on my system. Silver is still up 40, 40 cents, but yeah, it's come off from 23.54. It's it's really frustrating. It's like there's always uh, someone there, you know, tamping it down, as uh, the uh, head of the CFTC said back in 2021, we had to tamp down the silver price. You know, why? <laughs> because you know uh, a high gold and silver price means that uh, the dollar is rubbish right and then also how much of this activity as far as like it not you know responding the way that typically would how much of that bitcoin etf could be stealing some of the thunder <laughs> that would typically respond favorably for metals now all this euphoria going digital seems to be pushed down our throat by all the mainstream pundits and we got jamie diamond out here black rock speaking favorable of it so you know <laughs> yeah jamie diamond a few years ago said bitcoin was a fraud and now he's pushing it uh <laughs> you know there's definitely a, a i feel it's a campaign to take people you know take put make so people look at, at bitcoin and not gold and silver uh so i think that's very bullish long term for gold and silver because it means you know, we're nowhere close to a top. I think we're closer to a top in cryptos than anything else. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, said, so I think, uh, what's his name? Larry Fink said that uh, Bitcoin is just like gold. It's just a safe a asset, but it's not just like gold. 
I mean, gold is money and there's been money for thousands of years. Bitcoin doesn't have any track record. And uh, yeah, that's the way I see it. Yeah, and I, I was gonna I was gonna attempt to try to play some sound bites, you know, referring to what you were talking about. So if I bring this on the screen here, uh, what I wanted to mention is that how you know what's what's his angle at this point. So here we got. I'll put this on the screen here. This is the BlackRock CEO where for like a, it's a minute long, and he basically talks about safety and he incorporates Bitcoin and gold in the same category, and he mm. talks about how it will protect you and it's uh, talk, protect you from yeah. global risk, and so. What's what's his angle is what I'm trying to get at. Like, yeah, why is I he think, mentioning them both together? And... I, I think he's got two two angles. One mm -hmm. is that they launched their uh, BlackRock uh, ETF yesterday for Bitcoin. So he's selling right. it. The other one is that he knows that uh, his fiat system in which BlackRock operates and BlackRock is a huge part of the system. They manage mm -hmm. 10 trillion of funny money. Uh, is uh, they the only way to keep it going is to keep people in the game, and but with physical gold and silver, you know, people are not playing the game, and that's what you know. And this this is a Wall Street guy, and, and I I don't trust him because you know in the beginning when I looked at Bitcoin over ten years ago, it was supposed to be peer to peer, something decentralized that would replace Wall Street, but now it's been hijacked by Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to buy Bitcoin e ETFs instead of buying the the real, well, if you can call it real, you know, it's like, it's like, a, it's a digital representation or something, you know, you can't touch a digital entry. Uh, they won't, but, you know, have their own Bitcoin wallet or anything, even though a lot of people don't have a wallet right now, they keep their, what they think is their Bitcoin on exchanges, and we know how dangerous that is. Yeah, and so it's going to be interesting to see how this ETF situation advances because a lot of maximums, Bitcoin maximums, are overly excited that you know institutional funds are coming in, and then of course I follow this stuff extensively. And so Kathy Woods is talking about you know that she has a lot of interest from pension funds and things of that nature. So they're like they're expecting a lot of funds in there, and I'm thinking like this current moment. You can clearly tell how much greed has come into this sector to where everybody who wanted to disrupt the banks now are begging and, and pleading with the yeah. banks to bring in those funds because they want their bags to pump. It's, it's like it's just another spiel by yeah. Wall Street, you know, because technology is getting like too overvalued. Uh, all the other sectors aren't doing well. You know, interest rates are going up. So I think Wall Street is just trying to catch a little bit of the cryptocurrency froth before everything implodes. But, I, I, you know, you can hear this sound. This is the sound of real money, you know, silver. I'm sticking with that. I've got some uh, silver dollars and uh, some uh, crowns. These are quite nice UK coins. So there yeah, you go. Man. Nothing like the sound of real money in your hand. <laughs> it helps bring things down to reality because you're literally dealing in in the physical world rather than uh, these digital distractions. Yeah, and I understand, uh, you know, the digital world is important, but it's not everything, you know. Um, right. Yeah, it, we wouldn't be talking here, of course, if it wasn't for the digital world. But right. I, I think uh, things can go too much one way. And uh, I think they've gone too much uh, the, uh, you know, not just the fiat currency, funny money way, but also digital and like all this crypto craze or right, Bitcoin right craze. Yeah, man. So time will tell. But between now and the remainder of the spring and summer, like I just think a lot of things are going to unfold and it's all predicated on being able to sustain the current paradigm that they've set up. And so clearly they know there's a transition underway. Now it's a matter of like, can they control the narrative throughout the rest of this year, given all the issues the world is facing? And one thing I was also um, listening to earlier is people talking about coming into this presidential cycle. Like, you know, we have in the U.S. probably one of the biggest and most defining elections in the country's history because it's becoming clear that it's a fight, alleged fight between what has been labeled as evil versus good. In the fact that Trump is still out here talking about 
I, I saw a video where he's talking about, you know, on the first day, we're going to be energy independent again. We're going to get gas down to under $2 a gallon. And he's out here selling this hope that if he gets in again, everything is going to go back to normal. Yeah. People are literally right. like, make America great again. I'm like, how the debt load is too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I don't disagree that what Trump says is good. You know, mm -hmm. it's like he wants supposedly the public to be, you know, better off. But even when he was president, you know, people say, yeah, the economy was doing great. But don't forget that um, I think in 2019, the, the budget deficit was over 5%. You mm -hmm. know, he kept asking the Fed to print money as well. So uh, I think uh, it will take more than just a year or two of Trump to fix, mm -hmm. fix things because America and not just America, but the whole of Western Europe has been on a downhill uh, path from sound money, you know, back in 1914 when World War I started or when the yeah. Fed was, you know, started operating. And it's going to take more than just a year or two of Trump to fix things. Right. And, let uh, me, so, let me, but, he, you know, he's trying to get elected. Right. Let, let me I'm gonna try, I'll try to see if I can play this sound clip real quick, just because I thought it was uh, very interesting to say the least. Let me see if I get where is it at? Uh, yeah. So I'll you should be able to hear the audio on this one. So I'm going to play it so people can hear it. Let me bring this on the screen. Oops. Let me replace this one here. See if I can get it going. Give me one second. Maybe it won't. Uh, no, yeah. never mind. Forgive me. Yeah, we won't do it. But anyway, so this is just a little 20 second clip where he's out here talking big about what he's going to do. And it gives people hope, man. At this current moment, yeah. so much, I guess, uh, debt, distress, you name it, people yeah. need hope. So it don't take much to get people riled up and excited. Mm. You know, all in, all in hopes of them casting a vote in his favor. But then again, like based upon his previous election, we all witnessed that, you know, when you put a ballot in, it's not necessarily going to be counted equally and fairly. And you're not going to get the result you want more than likely because our country's mm. still been invaded with uh, all types of yeah. potential foreign voters. I, I mean, the guy that said the right thing was Ron Paul. Someone mm -hmm. asked him, you know, how do you keep getting reelected in your district in South Texas? Mm -hmm. uh, and he says, well, when my uh, constituents ask me what I'm going to do, I say, I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to keep my hands off. And they, and they say, why? He said, well, They've been doing loads of stuff for years. As have things improved? And they say no. So when someone says I'm going to be doing loads of stuff, uh, especially a politician, uh, I don't Something. trust him. If he said I'm going to leave everyone alone, I'm going to like cut the size of government. I'm not going to help anyone mm -hmm. because that's the per the the purpose uh, of uh, government is is not to take from Peter to give to Paul oh, is to, to just administer the rule of law. And uh, unfortunately that's not uh, what's going to happen. I think I, I'm not saying he's going to be worse than the current administration. He'll right. probably be better, but I, I just think people need to uh, take their expectations down a little bit because it's more up to you than up to some, someone who's probably. in the white Correct. house to, to, to decide whether you're going to, do well or not. Right. And at this current moment, given all the resistance he's faced within his first term, it's good to say it's going to be triple that, quadruple that now, as far as the pushback from people in the, you know, executive or the, the Senate or whatever, Every, everybody's going to be against him. So it won't be f something favorable. He's going to be able to get through with no problem. Yeah. But here is a, uh, let's get this thought in and then we'll keep it moving. A couple more articles yeah. uh, from Chris. Appreciate you. It says here, it's uh, speculated that the tenure yield came off significantly recently due to Janet Yellen off balance sheets and against to man manipulate is lower. If this is true, are there uh, long-term consequences from it? Thanks. Yeah, I, I can, uh, I've spoken about that because this has happened, uh, you know, it's been happening since uh, the end of uh, October. Mm -hmm. And uh, how did she uh, manipulate it? Well, she said that she would, uh, she was going to be um, buying, you know, not buying, but she was going to be um, limiting the supply of sales of long-term paper right. and, um, and focus more on the short-term paper. So that led to a squeeze. Interest rates at the time, the 10-year was above five. And then you had uh, Bill Lackman who came, out this almost the same day and said, oh, I'm closing my shorts on treasuries, i.e., mm -hmm. you know, 
and that led to a rally. And the other thing as well is, um, yeah, they um, they could be very well manipulating. They could be uh, active, you know, the exchange stabilization fund in the futures market, buying treasury futures. And, and you know, you just need to like push the price up a bit and trigger uh, technical levels and everyone will follow. So the consequences are that, you know, when you manipulate markets, you always create problems and um and and that's why we have so many economic and financial problems because markets have been manipulated for for decades unfortunately you know government uh doesn't seem to and central banks seem to think they know best where markets should be right and speaking of which uh good old jenny yellen this is a headline just came out it says jenny yellen on why she predicts a soft landing for the u.s economy so this this came out uh yeah today so i haven't read it yet but she's out yeah. here literally trying to you know encourage and promote you know things are favorable once again and they are in control with this soft yeah. landing narrative yeah and she she go ahead she's trying to sell uh us she's trying to sell her debt that's why you know she, <laughs> and then uh, to, to counter that you have all the uh big hedge fund managers big bankers talking about you know brace for something it's coming it's going to be the greatest going to be a hard landing like the collapse is going to be something we've never i'm like okay so the banks are talking one way but yet our government's talking another so clearly i would earn a side of caution just be somewhere in the middle yeah it, it's going to be yeah. I, I remember yeah. when uh i think it was 2017 or 18 before they started uh uh, unwinding the balance sheet a little bit called QT. Mm -hmm. She said, oh, uh, uh, doing QT is going to be like watching paint dry. And then, you know, a year or two later, you had the uh, repo crisis and they, they they had to, you know, do QE again. So she, yeah, I, I think that's a bad uh, omen there that she said that it means that we'll definitely not see a soft landing. Right. And speaking of soft landing, a lot of that has to do with the condition or the health of the banks or lack thereof. And so here we got the BTFP program and it's steadily ticking upward. And so before we went on air, we're talking about the fact that it, it's set to expire March 11th, or March 9th or something like that. But then again, given the current condition of the banking sector in general, you know, you believe it's going to be extended or or what are you thinking? Well, yeah, it could be extended or they could stop it and uh, do something else and call it something else. I, I don't know. But you, you notice here that since, uh, you know, uh, the end of October, it's starting to, you know, it was pretty flat there uh, yeah. before October. And then all of a sudden it started rising. And that's coincided with the, the period where, um, you know, U.S. Treasuries, uh, U.S. Treasury yields have come down. So, you know, that's also been maybe a way they've manipulated the bond market, you know, more, more loans and they take those loans and buy treasuries as well. But it, it shows that the, because the BTFP is supposed to help uh, the smaller banks who whose balance sheets are in trouble. Uh, so the more more help they get, the, the more it means they're not out of the woods. Right. Very true. And then there's another, let me find this, uh, talking about the bank's unrealized, unrealized losses. And this person here commented basically saying that, you know, if it wasn't for the creation of that program, then the current, at the current rates, a ton of banks would have already failed. And we would have already been in the midst of some type of crises outside of what they're trying to cover up. So just going to show how the losses are still piling up and the BTFP, I guess can only slow things down. It can't prevent or stop, just slow things down until that whatever next comes about. So, uh, but this is just what really happening behind the scenes when it comes to the banks. So time will tell, man, but 2024 could be the year that, uh, you know, the banks literally are exposed yeah. for what they really are as being insolvent as well as our government. Yeah. <laughs> someone, uh, someone in the, uh, from the UK made a comment some about 15 minutes ago and i saw it uh and you won't know about this but for my uk viewers he asked me are you following the post office scandal and what that is about is that years ago uh you know the people 
because here you know you could buy a po you, you could run a post office from your shop or anything and uh, they had a software that was installed and this soft software was faulty and, and a lot of these people who were running sub post offices were uh, accused of stealing a lot of money and were put in prison or people committed suicide <laughs> and it was found out that the fujitsu software they use called horizon was actually faulty and uh, they allow these, you know, and they blame these people. They put them in jail. And now mm -hmm. it's all coming out uh, that it was a cover-up. And, and it, mm -hmm. some people argue that it's the biggest, um, you know, uh, justice, uh, abuse of justice uh, in, in history in the UK. And why is this important? Well, because I think people, a lot of people don't trust government or anything anymore. And this is just like a symptom of that. So, uh, yeah, th that's what's going More on. Scandals. Yeah. More scandals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting. So, I, yeah, I would be interested to find out how the U.S. Postal Service on this side, which is running, you know, negative every year, is still operational, but apart yeah. from the government subsidizing them. Uh, yeah, they're competing against. Oh yeah, you know, someone's FedEx. also uh, right. speaking about the new French Prime Minister. He's only thirty-four, <laughs> and apparently he he appointed his boyfriend uh, or partner as the f a foreign minister. So he's keeping it in the family. Oh, yeah, that spells <laughs> corruption all in and of itself. Uh, what else there? Okay, let's get to some more headlines, and then we'll get into some Q and A. Uh, here's more interesting developments and. In Main Street Citigroup to cut 20,000 jobs in the next two years. And so, like, just the, I, I've been highlighting a lot of articles talking about the layoffs and how CEOs, for the most part, all, of all publicly traded companies are rethinking the labor market and what they need, especially given, you know, the need to, that, you know, the inclusion now of AI and all this stuff that allows them to operate at a much leaner uh, way. And so there's less need for our overall headcount. So, Heading in 2024, this is going to be problematic. And then you mentioned also the uh, tax receipts. Like if people don't have jobs, then the government's not receiving revenue. So yeah. what do they do? They got to subsidize it somehow. So I yeah. saw uh, an article someone wrote in the FT, I think, early this week that they have to start thinking about taxes for AI. <laughs> so they're already thinking. But maybe they should have a, an AI CEO. So you get rid of him, you save a lot of money. <laughs> yeah good luck with that one good luck with that one uh what else here's another headline you share with me about volvo uh said volvo car pauses production in belgium due to red sea attack so that's just one manufacturer imagine, imagine the countless other ones that also experienced yeah pressure. and this has only been happening since around november this red sea uh problem so right. it's already affecting uh volvo uh you know uh it just goes to show that uh a lot of this is affects more like Europe, but mm -hmm. eventually it will seep through into the U.S. as well. Right. And so, uh, imagine, pause in production leads to idle workers, therefore more need to lay off, slow down, or mm -hmm. whatever. So shortages of car, cars as well. You know, probably you know car car you know cars will become more expensive as well. You know, we don't know how long this is going to last. But it doesn't right. seem like it's going to be solved soon. Not at all. And and the question is, how much of it is is intentional? Like, you know, because the whole Middle East confrontation, everything taking place right now is being done intentionally for a purpose. We'll find out what the purpose is. But in the meantime, uh, here's another little headline here showing how the Global South, a.k.a. BRICS nations, whatever you want to call them, are moving. They're still moving forward with their agendas. And it's not denominated in dollar terms or it looks like it's not even the SWIFT system is no longer really even needed. So it says Tehran and Moscow don't need the SWIFT able to conduct payments in national currencies, officials said. So this is as of two days ago. And so yeah. Russia and Iran can do business beyond the dollar now. So, yeah. All right. Here. What else we got? Uh, OK, JP Morris. So we got this government bonds right on U.S. wholesale inflation data you mentioned, I think, earlier. Yeah, PPI um, came came in quite low today. So, uh, yeah, people are, markets are expecting more rate rate cuts. I think in the beginning of the year, 
the feeling mm-hmm. was that uh, I think the first day of the year or two in trading, the markets dropped. And the the reason was that uh, they're pairing back uh, expectations of rate cuts. But mm-hmm. if you look at the stock market, the Dow is down 200 points. The NASDAQ is down about 15 uh, and S&P down about five points. So it's not really helping uh, the stock market that much. Interesting. Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, I won't be able to pull it up. Okay. Let's, uh, what else we got here? Let me see what other topics and then we can get into some Q and a, if you want, uh, let me see. Nah, that's pretty much it. That's all the subject matter worth talking on. Let's open up the mic and I open up the mic, but let's get some Q and a. And also, uh, if you guys want, you want to do a little face to face today, Mario, and see if we can get some people to join us, ask questions, share. Sure. Thoughts. Yeah. All right. No. So as always, this is the Q and a portion. If you guys are interested, feel free to throw some thoughts, ideas, suggestions, highlight, at RTD or at Manico 64 sort of stand out. And uh, we would definitely love to see what you're keeping your eye on. And while I prepare a little link for you guys to join us face-to-face, you can join us on screen and share your thoughts as well. So, Mario, let me know if you see anything that stands out while I try yeah. to draw this up here. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, feel, feel, feel uh, free to ask any questions, guys. And... Uh... Uh, make sure you uh, note that it's a question. Yeah, that makes it easier. Join us face to face to let to uh, or share a thought. Give me one second here. Let me grab this link here. I think it was fun last year when, um, or yeah, last year, a couple a couple weeks ago, <laughs> yeah, we were able to uh, have people join us. So I want to put this in the chat now so people. Well, you can join us. It should pop up any minute. There's a agent Bambi said, "If you work for someone, you are a slave." Um, what's your opinion on those in that situation being able to vote? <laughs> mm, if you work for someone, you're a slave. Ah, work for someone, you're a slave. I mean, everyone well, has to start from somewhere. So yeah, and if you get there. paid, I guess you could argue that you're not a slave but uh i think uh there are some people and i think back in the 1800s not everyone could vote for example here in the uk um the feeling was that you had to own property to be able to vote and that if you uh if you were bankrupt or you didn't own any property you couldn't vote mm-hmm. but you know nowadays that's completely different but I would, I, I would say that, you know, democracy, the way we have it today is uh, really dangerous because it's the tyranny of the 51% over the 49%. Yeah. And speaking of voting nowadays, especially in the U.S., you know, with the, with the southern invasion we have, I've seen more than enough video footage now. Everybody got a, a cell phone and a debit card. And so it's good to say they're going to be able to vote. And then in, even in California... They have mail in. You, you can print your ballot and then mail it in. And something mm. like, okay, if you can print a official presidential election documentation from home and then mail it in, imagine how many people are going to take advantage of that. Someone, uh, someone made a comment here, Michael oh, Kennedy. Mario, I dare not <laughs> ask you. He says he, I banned him on Sunday. I, I, I don't think I did. <laughs> I, I don't ban anyone unless they're being rude and. Uh, spamming the the chat no I, I didn't ban michael kennedy unless you were uh, posing as someone else uh no i didn't i'm not sure what you're talking about on my live stream i didn't ban anyone yeah uh what else we got let me see so there be, there be nothing stand. let me see uh see a lot of thoughts here question yeah. okay here's what uh, lgx2 says a uh, question melt up or deflation where are we heading <laughs> yeah that's a good question i, I think uh you know it's either way um uh, you know they're playing a really dangerous game uh the powers that be it could go either way but either way it's a, a bad thing right hyper stagflation <laughs> like the world's never seen you know melt up in certain asset classes and uh implosion of others so we will see. We're in uncharted territory, man. Like it's, it's you can't predict or forecast anything really, other than the fact yeah, that yeah, Michael Kenny says, "Oh yes, you did." Uh, I I don't know what did you say, Michael, that I supposedly uh, banned you or. So Sam know. says Michael Kenny was being rude, very rude, and spamming when you banned him. 
Oh, so all right. There you go. Well, so basically, Mike, you know, if you don't want to be banned, you know, just, you know, just, 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 you know, behave yourself. That's all. Well, I think it was he the one who kept, he kept uh, saying fear porn, fear porn. He, he said it like 20 times and mm. uh, on, the, on the chat. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, banned him from the channel. It must, could have been him. Okay. So you, know, you, could, you could say it once. That's fine. But right. to spam it, you know, I'm not going to leave you there. Not right. because and, I don't want to answer you. Right. And I've gotten several comments after the fact as well about fear porn. Like, this guy had nothing to do with fear porn. Like, no, but like, but when you're stating what's really happening in the world, then how is that fear porn? Because it's yeah, look, look at this. Uh, like, well, look at it today. We just seen the US and the UK bomb another country. You know, things are not normal. We don't live in right. a peaceful, a peaceful and prosperous and orderly world. <laughs> Right. So I'm not sure how that's fear point other than just stating what's what's actual, what's factual. The people are over indebted, credit cards through the roof and losing this and losing that. It's like, okay, that's reality. Don't be a victim of it. Uh, what else you got? <laughs> yeah, we don't want to see those. Uh, could be on the blue wrenches. YouTube will ban you sometimes. Uh, so, okay. Also, Mario, I, I assume you had to receive that email from Gmail or from YouTube talking about, uh, I think in February, there's going to be a change of terms of service in relation to certain content surrounding events. And it just, you know, highlighted events. And so I read that and I'm thinking like, okay, what are they preparing content creators for? Uh, basically giving us a heads up that starting after February, certain events won't be allowed on their platform and but they didn't stipulate what events so i'm thinking like, okay is that a, a, yeah. a foresight into that's something very, that's coming that's very vague well, isn't it exactly and i'm thinking like, okay so they is it something planned that they know is coming to where they want to make sure they will get ahead of that and control yeah, the narrative so possible we will see so people view if you notice some changes and you know get notified or not from the channels that perhaps youtube is definitely trying yeah, to make i, I sure probably you know. i got that email i don't know if i read it thank you for telling me though yeah, it was very it's very suspicious like you know what are they telling us uh, that might be coming so you uh, know. daniel saz has a question because what do you think about the impact what do you think about impact will be from geopolitics to gold from geopolitics to gold I'll let you answer first, Mike. I said, what do you think the impact will be from geopolitics to go? Uh, well, I, I would assume in, in any other time that the world is facing such chaotic chaos from you know around the world, that gold would be favorable price-wise. But then again, they've done a good job of being able to put a cap on gold getting going, going, gold, gold going ballistic. So anything is possible. I, I think if, if we were to see some type of all-time highs, and go moving forward beyond what we already saw. It's going to come from the east. Definitely won't come mm. from the west unless something breaks. So that's my personal opinion there. But we can have all the war, all the wars that they can handle. But then again, they have managed to suppress gold, so you don't tell that they can continue to yeah. do it for much longer. So I, I mean, I, I personally uh, don't hold or buy gold or silver because of geopolitics. Mm -hmm. I do it more because uh, we are in a fiat currency system that is on its last legs. Yeah, geopolitics like today, it impacted gold a bit. Uh, but uh, I, I'm not buying gold or silver or selling it because of geopolitics. So I would ignore geopolitics. As best you can. <laughs> it says, question your thoughts on the BRICS buying more gold. Um. I mean, last year, we still have to wait for the final data, but I think it was another uh, probably record year. Uh, 2022 was a record year. Uh, why they're buying gold? Well, because uh, gold is the anti-dollar. And if they're going to trade in their own currencies amongst each other, uh, their currencies have to have some credibility. So instead of having dollar reserves, uh, dollars used to be, uh, considered as good as gold up until 1971, uh, they hold gold. And uh, I, I think that's going to continue because uh, dollar is no no longer as good as gold or hasn't been for since 71. But also it's not being used as much for, um, you know, as the petrodollar. And that's going to, yeah, that's why they, they're buying gold, in my opinion. Yeah, I saw a uh, recent interview with Jim Willie talking about how 
you know, gold has literally replaced treasuries internationally speaking. And so he was speaking very favorably of gold and how it's already a part of the financial monetary system, rather, it just hasn't become quite common knowledge just yet. But basically saying, you know, U.S. debt is no longer worth even having. But it says, Mario, how long and how strong do you think the second wave of inflation will be? Uh, I think it would be stronger than the first one. So we're going to see higher CPI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like to call it inflation, but, you know, it's what people use. It's price wave. Uh, right. I, I don't know. It could last uh, usually last two to three years, I'd say. I think in the 70s, you know, it was from 1970 to 74. And then there was a correction. And then from 77 to 1982. So it could be three to five years. Now, do you think it's going to be gradual, like, you know, 3.4, 4, 4, 4 or, or like 9, 10, like, you know, could it be something yeah. like, will it shoot past the 9.1 we had last, was it last July, last oh, June? It will, yeah, it will. <laughs> That's scary territory. Uh, Keenan, it says, RCD, was there a, was there a bond auction? Um, referring uh, to probably a bond auction every day these days. Let me have a look here. Bond auction uh schedule and then uh, what was the results of it will be the question uh, i mean they, they usually come out uh if you're talking about today they come out at 1 p.m eastern time so it will come out in about 15 minutes if there is one today uh let's have a look i've got a pdf here today is what the uh 12th 12th yeah uh, let's have a look 12th of uh January. Uh, there's no auction today. There was one yesterday. Ten uh, year tips and twenty year tips. Uh, Monday is a holiday, apparently Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then uh, on the 18th, there's a two year note auction, a five year note, and a seven year note. So yeah, next week there will be quite a bit. And uh, the results come out at 1 p.m. Eastern, just after 1 p.m. Now, do you think for like so basically based upon previous auctions from what I've heard, you know, they haven't been as uh, uh, as productive as the government would want. And so do you think uh, these as we get further into the year, there's going to be less and less of uh, them being able to actually unload some of that debt to the world? And who's actually buying at this point, especially with yeah. all these other yeah, products? I think, the thing to look at is the bid to cover ratio, which means how how many, let's say you sell one, let's say you sell, just sell one, $1 of treasury. And there, if uh, people, if there's $2 bidding for it, the, the bid to cover is two to one. So it means mm-hmm. there's demand. You need to keep an eye on that. If that gets close to one, that's a bad sign. Right now it's still okay, the bid to cover ratio. Uh, and I think... Uh, I don't know who's buying it aside from foreigners who are not really buying that much. I think there's still a lot of, uh, you know, cash sloshing around, you know, uh, especially if yields continue to go lower a little bit, people buy it. Uh, the banks buying it, maybe even the, the treasury itself, they could buy it, you know, to make it, make the auction look good. They could buy it through their uh, ESF. So we will see. Uh, St. Louis says, Manico, how bad will the world get within the next few years, less than five years? How much uh, empowerment and war will there be? Will there be, will the world still be around? Will the world still be about as comfortable and safe? <laughs> I would say not, not, unfortunately. I mean, if you look back through my lifetime, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm 59. I think the world was much more uh, comfortable and safer prior to 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the other date is 2020. That marks like, uh, I don't think the world will be like it was in the 90s or 80s. So I don't think it's going to get better, unfortunately. Right. And I think you just look into the agenda of what the World Economic Forum has already orchestrated and yeah. the whole Great Reset agenda, you name it. You know, they're working towards something. But Looks like we got a guest joining us. Uh, let's see what we got here. We have Mr. Aaron. Aaron, how you doing, my friend? Hey, um, I think there's a delay in my audio for some reason. <laughs> Let me move myself out the way. Uh, I can hear you, but go ahead and feel free to have at it. What's uh, in your mind, my friend? Ask, uh, I saw 
your live last night, Mike, about uh, when uh, what's his name, Crypto King, called in. Yeah. And I just I'm gonna go offline after this, but I just wanted to uh, see if you could answer what your thoughts are on this whole hex project because, uh, you know, I follow Jack at Nobody Special Finance, and he says that if you're promising this egregious return, like they're promising 30 something percent every year, that it's most likely a scam. And uh, it seems like everybody's so hush-hush on this whole hex thing, and very few people even want to talk about it. There's one person, Danny DeHex, who's uh, the Crypto Ponzi scheme Avenger. He's talked about it a couple times, but it's been a while. So I just wanted to see what, you know, if you could dive a little deeper into what, what your thoughts are, on, and maybe Mario, too, on the hex project. All right, thanks. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, Great, uh, great point there. And so... My opinion on Hex is that based upon everything you said, I do agree 100%. And then also Reggie Middleton uh, from Veritasium Project did a very extensive report diving deep into some of the core essence of the project there. And I, I trust his forensic analysis work because he done, he's done good job, done, done good work with several other projects. And so based upon all that information there, everything lines up to be very uh, scam-like. And that's why I've never touched it. And it's amazing. It amazes me that it's been going this long and this strong. So I think with the SEC now cracking out on Jim Hart, we'll find out as to whether or not that he's able to hold his ground and really push back and expose the SEC for all that they've done wrong to the financial markets in general. But as of now, Hex to me is nothing I've ever put a single penny in just because it doesn't pass my uh, smell good <laughs> test. So I, I left it alone. So that's just my opinion. But thanks for the question, my friend. What do you think of Mario? Well, I, I don't know anything about Hex. Uh, I think I've heard it about it vaguely, but one thing I would do if I uh, wanted to find out with something in the crypto world or even other things, uh, other uh, sectors are a scam, I would listen to CoffeeZilla on YouTube. Have you? Seen, he's good. He's, I've, heard, I've heard, never watched, but heard yeah, him. Yeah, he, he's uh, kind of exposed. Uh, is it Logan Paul with his uh, some of the the game tokens that that he had you know yeah. he apparently uh said you know buy these tokens then you'll be able to play the game that i'm gonna like create and if, and he didn't even create a game and and he took like almost 20 million dollars from these people and now he's trying to give back two million to stop them from suing him so that's coffeezilla who exposed that so yeah listen to coffeezilla uh, on youtube he's really good yeah, says Hex founder should be in prison. Makes me believe he's an agent for someone. Yeah, time will tell, man. All the all the scam coins definitely will be you know phased out at some capacities. You know, so like, and that's why I say some of the projects that I follow have use case and they are very disruptive. And those are ones that I would be would, more willing to put a penny in than just these ones that pop up out of nowhere. Especially the low market cap coins that promise, you know, thousand X returns. I'm not messing with them things. Mm. Yeah. The days of uh, seeing astronomical gains in crypto is long gone. So you need a meme coin. People love some meme coins. Uh, I see LBP in the building. What are you talking about here? It says, I have more faith in a tally stick than crypto. It's all a scam. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, we, we can start selling tally sticks, Mike. The, <laughs> the M&M &M tally stick. <laughs> they worked well, though, uh, in the, in England in the past um, as a form of money. You know, the, mm -hmm. it had to be uh, certified by the king or queen, I guess, tally yeah. stick. And then when um, they used to retire it, so, you know, you it wouldn't inflate the system. Um, yeah, interesting. You couldn't create tally sticks out of thin air. Yeah. Or we can go back to uh, the tulips, <laughs> create a little tulip mania, even though people can grow their own now. But anyway, uh, Bitcoin, not crypto. Vivo, Crystal Ray. What else we got here? Yeah, right. people well, always say that Bitcoin, not crypto, but Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. So, <laughs> Right. I guess it's because the first one is is the grandfather of all of them. And so mm. for the most part, all the all, you know, majority of the blockchains were a fork or a copy of it. Yeah. Tweet. So whatever. That's what the people love to use. I mean, time will tell, man. The Eminem coin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to do 21 million. <laughs> and they'll have different colors, Eminem. <laughs> 
Uh, here's one. It says about AppMax. Uh, something about AppMax says, why does AppMax take BTC as payment? I think at this current moment, all uh, the coin uh, online coin dealers, for the most part, take uh, take crypto. And so I can I can I can assume same reason I take crypto on my stores because it's a transfer of value. So I'll I'll take the value if you're gonna you know send it to me and I'll put it to good use. So there is a use case in it still. Yeah, uh, gentlemen, I mean, Mike and Mario, and I think a lot of people in the Bitcoin and crypto space, they they are sound money proponents, and a lot of them are into gold and silver. So that mm -hmm. you know that helps them, I guess. Says a gentleman, Mike and Mario, when time comes to initiate the CBDCs, who makes the uh, announcement in the U.S.? Jay Powell, Yellen, or Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I would say. I mean, it's a central bank digital currency. It will probably be Jay Powell with with uh, the president. They will probably make a you know a joint announcement in some type of emergency meeting, emergency announcement. And, and, uh, and Yellen will probably be there too. All three of them, I would say. Yeah, and I can I can see some type of announcement like that. You know, of course, once it goes through the you know regulatory legislative process of being approved by. Congress as a legal tender form, and then I can see like breaking news, you know, something following the banks, like you know, this is emergency, da 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 da. We need to, you know, we can get it to you directly. <laughs> Download this app. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Uh, let me see. Did the app max must be? I don't see any more questions. When do they think Simba will go part time? I don't know. So, all right, we about fifty minutes, man. I don't see any direct questions. We did get one person join us with a great little uh, question or whatever. Um, so what else we got coming up here? We got uh, approaching the middle of the month. Anything coming up uh, noticeable or worth keeping an eye on, in your opinion, outside of any surprises? Not really. I don't know. I mean, just keep an eye. Oh, yeah. we Tomorrow we got election in uh, elections in Taiwan. I think that could be significant. You know, mm. uh, Brandon said he's going to send a U.S. official there next week after the election. China, I think their military said that uh, talk of... Uh, independence would be, um, you know, would be serious, the Chinese military. So that's another, you know, geopolitical crisis that could uh, develop. Right. Mm. Yeah. So the U.S. would literally be spread thin. You know, we're <laughs> doing events in Yemen. Then they're going to be sending stuff over. I mean, we already got assets over near Taiwan. So, yeah. oh, man. And it could be, a, it could be this, this could be a year, literally. The greatest distraction to really keep people's attention off the debt issues is more escalations in around the world like more things popping about the blue and as of right now there's not much you know there's not much activity that we know about yeah. for our u.s presence in africa but then again that's a place that's highly sought after by a lot of world uh, forces so i can see some popping off there as well so we will see but as always people it's always good to connect with you on fridays hope you guys had uh, a good time hanging out with us and getting some questions and answered and things of that nature have a blessed weekend. Stay out of trouble. Enjoy life. And uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing.